Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand. Walking in the Hornady presents American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and his friends. Good uh, morning, afternoon, wherever you're listening to the program. I'm Red Bull Mike Crace. Wayne Locke is with me. Alex joins us via the telephone in sunny California. How you doing, Alex? I'm doing good, Red Bone. I'm actually sitting in the parking lot of our motel here where we're staying in Big Bear, California, and the weather is absolutely unpredictable out here. <laughs> One minute. It'll be 39 degrees. The next minute, it's 95 degrees. So it's crazy out here in, in California. Well, and everything about California is pretty crazy. Yeah, it is. And don't get me started on that. But, uh, <laughs> I just went and, visited, went and visited a sporting goods store. There is some Trump supporters, and there is some outdoors men and women here. And uh, people love to hunt and fish out here just like they do in Missouri. Well, you know, I would imagine with a with a name like Big Bear, California, uh, it would have to be kind of an outdoorsy place. Well, it is. You know, we're here in a big resort area. Uh, people come in from everywhere, and it's just a lake. And the, and the history behind the lake, a guy actually dammed this area up to water orange plants back in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And the story is, after it created the lake, the melting snow and everything creating the lake, the government come in and took the lake away from him. <laughs> so it's probably a neat story. You need to research it. Yeah, that would wow. be. A, that probably is a neat story. All right, so Alex, uh, this weekend, as this show is being heard, is the uh, final weekend, uh, the 31st, which will be on Sunday, is the final day to apply for your elk tags to go on an elk hunt or to be drawn to go on an elk hunt in 20. 20- or in this fall, in 2020. So, uh, folks, if you want to make that application, you've got until the end of the day, Sunday, to get that application in. And there's a $10 application fee. And you go to mdc.gov, I believe. Yeah, yeah, go go to their website. You can do it right right there on your cell phone. Do we have any updates on how many people have uh, applied so far? I haven't seen anything lately. You know, at one point, about two weeks ago, there was over 7,000. And that's really the last number I heard. So I would anticipate as we get to the deadline, that's when everybody's going to hurry up and apply. I wouldn't doubt it if there's not 20,000 people apply. Hey, that's still better odds than the lottery. Uh, well, for five tags. <laughs> yeah. For five tags. But I like the way they well, got guys, that set up, Alex. We've talked about that before. If you receive one of the tags, these first five, uh, then you are not eligible then for seven years. Oh, see, now that part I did not know. Yeah. So if you it makes draw, it if fair. You, if you draw a tag now, then you're not eligible for seven years. And if you draw a tag now and then you don't go on the hunt, you're ineligible for the rest of your life. Wow. Yeah, so wow. They're, they're, not, they're not messing around. They're not messing around. If you draw the tag, then you better go on the hunt or you'll no longer be eligible to go. And if you do draw a tag, like uh, Alex said a couple of weeks ago, you know, get a hold of us because Absolutely. we'd love to get out there, uh, videotape the whole thing and, uh, you know, use it on a show, get you, get, get them on the show. And what an experience that would be. Oh, yeah. yeah one, go ahead. Yeah. To be one of the first five people to harvest an elk legally in Missouri in over 100 years, that would be pretty cool. Yes. Yeah, it would, guys. It would be really cool in you know, making history and the comeback of the elk. So what, what a great storyline it would be. And also, if we get the film, the people that was chosen, uh, we will give them a copy of their hunt, and they'll have it to hand down to their children and, and for, for, for the future. So, right. Yeah. 
That being said, I want to switch gears a little bit before we go to the second segment. Our guest today is Brad Doyle of Eagle Seed. Everybody knows Eagle Seed, the mm-hmm. famous, famous soybeans that grow over to six foot tall. And uh, a lot of farmers are using this now for a forage crop, but also the whitetail hunters are planting them to create food plots. And what they do is they let them grow through the spring, summer months, and they do not let the deer in on the, the beans until late winter to have a late season food source to attract the deer to their hunt locations. Yeah, and I guess, and the way they do that, and I, and I guess, Brad, we can talk with more about him, but we've had him on before, and I guess just put up an electric fence and that'll keep the deer out. That's right. Is that right, Alex? That is right. And what they do, you can buy a solar fence mm-hmm. for you know, several hundred dollars, three or four hundred dollars, and you can put it around these food plots that you build with the beans. And it can keep cattle out. The farmers want to do that. And when they do, the beans mature and they turn colors and they're ready to harvest. They like them when they're. Uh, late season better than they do during the summer months. And they've got to turn a certain color before the deer or cattle will want to eat them. So I'm excited about having him on the show to talk about that. We've talked about it before, sure. but I'm getting a lot of texts of people wanting soybeans, wanting to know about soybeans. So I thought, what a great time to have him on the show. And right now is a great time to plant in the Midwest. You know, Alex, one of the things before we uh, move on to the next segment is I'm questioning is, is about the electric fence around the bean patch. How high do you have, I mean, how do you build this electric fence? Because the deer, I mean, they, they can jump pretty high. Is is it something about the electricity radiating off the fence that will deter them from jumping the fence, or do you have to put up two or three strands to make it really tall? You have to put up several strands to make it tall, and I'm sure Brad's going to talk to us about that. Okay. And before we go to a break, I want to, I want to change the subject and make a couple of mentions real quick. There's a men's wild game dinner this coming Saturday, uh, I believe at 2 o'clock at the Baptist Church, uh, Oak Grove Baptist Church in Birch Tree, Missouri. It's a men's gathering. And also the Current River Smallmouth Association first tournament of the year is this coming Saturday. Some of you are listening to it now. Uh, you take out at 7 o'clock at Big Springs uh, Access or the Watercrest Access. you got to be there ahead of time to pay your entry fees. It's two people. Uh, you got to have a, a legal boat with an aerator in your live well. You only get to weigh in five fish. You can keep six fish in your live well. So that's the first tournament of the year. And I want to make mention that if you want to fish that tournament, you guys are listening to it over around Ava and all that area. You need to be there before 7 o'clock to pay your entry fees. All right. All right, Alex. And I got one thing here for Wayne because I know Wayne's new to the Ozarks. And I don't know if he started using road instead of streets yet for the gravel roads. But, Come on. Uh, but, but Wayne, <laughs> did you know, did you know that a deer can jump higher than a house? Than a house? No. Yes, because a house can't jump. Oh, jeez. I, <laughs> <laughs> I love it, everybody. You're listening to American Reach Outdoors. We're going to go to a break, and we'll be right back with our special guest, Brad Dole of Eagle Seed, right after this. Right here, right now, this is Chancey Walters listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge, the Ozark Herd Bull. I've been on some love. I've been on a big bull. One of the presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors, and as promised, we have special guest, Mr. Brad Doyle with Eagle Seed, uh, Mr. Soybean Guru, the godfather, the master of this world famous plant seed. 
and whitetail hunters across the nation know all about this great plant and this great company. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Alex. I would not. I appreciate the uh, the call out there. Uh, I would. <laughs> I would actually call my father-in-law the, the Godfather. So he he uh, he started our company, if you, as you well know, back in in 1975. So okay. they did okay. family heritage, and so anyway, I appreciate that though. Or you're the assistant Godfather. How's that? <laughs> I'll take it. So he so he was the Al, Al Pacino, and you're you're the son. There you go, exactly. Son-in-law. 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 And proud of it. Proud to, proud to be his son-in-law. Well, everybody knows that Eagle Seed's a household name, and I've been getting a lot of text and phone calls. People say, Alex, I want to plant the Eagle Beans. I want to plant the Eagle Beans. I said to myself, I, said, well, I need to get Brad on here in the next couple of weeks because we've had a lot of rain that's causing people to plant late. We can still plant in the Midwest here up into the first, second week of June. I've done it before here. Uh, am I correct, Brad? Alex, we started planting soybeans on our farm last week. So absolutely, we have plenty of time. Uh, we, we certainly know there's there's value in planting early uh, for, you know, hey, it's your, your deer get to access it quicker, and, and we usually have higher yields, but, no, we have plenty of time. Yes, we do. Uh, the rain has been treacherous for all the listeners across the world that listen to us here, and also in the Midwest. Uh, you all know all about the rain. And uh, before we get started, a lot of people may not know you, Brad. I, I want to ask you a couple of questions before we get into the, the nuts and bolts of Eagle Sea. Uh, let's talk about Brad Doyle. Brad, where was you born and where was you raised? Yeah, born in eastern Arkansas and uh was not raised on a farm uh actually pursued agriculture as a uh in my education uh got a bachelor's and master's uh in in agronomy and and my passion for that came from you know from my my love of agriculture and, and as a crop consultant uh prior to uh, joining eagle seed wow now what school did you attend so Arkansas State University is in northeast Arkansas, and it uh, in the heart of heart of agriculture here in our state. Uh, and I have, when I started out, I started uh, working for farmers who grew cotton, uh, soybeans, rice, corn, grain sorghum, peanuts, and wheat. So I had to stay on top of uh, how to grow those and manage them for for pest and fertility you know, on a weekly basis and, and be interacting with the farmers. Well, you guys definitely are on top of the game. And your beautiful wife, she's a doctor, so to say, and a, a bean breeder. And let's talk on that real quick. Tell us about yeah. breeding beans. Yep, she is a, uh, her father was also a, a Ph.D. soybean and a small grains breeder. Uh, graduated from the University of Missouri, uh, where, where he met uh, his wife and, and my wife's mother-in-law, or my mother in law and uh so as a private company uh he also uh developed varieties for other companies uh many many years he left us back in 2002 uh but at that time my wife uh was pursuing pursuing her phd in soybean breeding at the university of arkansas and and she graduated in in 2008 and uh continues the family legacy of breeding soybeans and and contract research that is beautiful. You know, and some of the other shows we've talked about, our farmers are now uh, planting the, the, the beans 
for their cattle. And they're harvesting the beans, but also they turn their cattle in on these soybean fields here in the Ozarks, everybody, uh, as a forage, late season forage. Absolutely. So, Alex, you know we are farmers, too. Uh, mm-hmm. That's actually how the family business got started. My wife's grandfather immigrated from, from Iowa and, and cleared the, the swamps down here in, in Arkansas and started uh, was one of the pioneers in rice production in this area. So we are a rice and soybean area. We grow both crops, uh, and, and you're right. Uh, we do have many customers that grow uh, cows for, for dairies. Uh, they need that forage, that high-quality forage. So soybeans are an excellent source to grow for hay or, or for silage. That is wonderful. What another resource to help get high yields within your cattle. And uh, it's something new that for some people in the Ozarks. And what I was going to say is, Wayne uh, Redbone, you're seeing more and more people west of Birch Street, like the Willow Springs, Howe County area, that are growing beans and corn now. Yeah, yeah, crop farming is, is getting a little more popular in, in the Ozark Hills, especially in our part of the world, Alex, where we're kind of in the foothills of the Ozark Mountains. Uh, my, my question is, uh, Brad, when people put in these uh, soybeans, uh, you mentioned for forage or for making hay, do you harvest the beans first and then, and then the plant is left for the, the cattle to chew on, or, or is the bean all part of the forage and part of the haymaking process? Yeah, so great question, and what we recommend is when the soybeans start blooming prior to making a pod, that is the ideal time. So the okay. most of the time they do not have a developed soybean pod on the plant when you're harvesting it. So you're harvesting it as green as possible, uh, and that's these varieties are bred for that late maturity uh, and, and continuous uh, vegetative growth compared to an agricultural type. Okay, gotcha. All right. Well, th- that makes sense. And, and kind of like uh, growing uh, alfalfa, I guess. Of course, alfalfa you want to cut before it blooms, uh, but this would be much the same way. Absolutely. No, I, I do have a question for you, though. Now, you've been, with all this stuff that your wife has developed and all that and uh, new plants and to make things grow better, and that, have you guys come any way along a path to get a plant roots grow through rock that we have here in Missouri <laughs> because <laughs> titanium uh, <laughs> I need to write, I need some kind of a diamond tipped root that will cut yeah. through these rocks I have here on my farm <laughs> you know? we'll put that on the list I appreciate that because I I'm telling you I'm struggling with uh, growing any kind of corn we tried it last year and it just was it just went down but the soybeans though that we planted of yours boy those took off like crazy Folks, we need to go to break. We got Brad Doyle from Eagle Seed. Alex Rutledge is here. Uh, Wayne Locks here. I'm Redbone Mike Crace. We'll be back with more American Roots Outdoors Radio right after this. This is Brenda Valentine, and you're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. Our special guest is Mr. Brad Doyle of Eagle Seed. And we've been talking about the eagle beans, and they have a variety of different seeds and blends, etc. But the focus right now during the show is the eagle beans because it's planting time here in the Midwest and a lot of the northern states. You know, we've had so much rain. And if you want a healthy deer and bigger racks, I encourage 
the listeners to purchase Eagle Seeds. And if you're a farmer and you want uh, stronger yields and, and uh, bigger animals and growing your cattle, uh, you need to plant these beans. And the last, before we went to the break, I was going to ask you a question, so I'm going to ask it now and make a statement. Wayne had asked, well, we're having trouble growing stuff in these rocks. You also have a pro staffer and a spokesman for Eagle Seed, Dr. Grant Woods, that is growing beans very successfully in the rocky ground around Branson. Let's talk about that, Brad. And how is he doing that? So for... Uh a little history of the property that Grant bought. It was very underdeveloped, grown up. Uh, I think he called it was an old goat pasture, goat farm back in the day. So through his uh, his connections with bulldozer operators and, and excavators, he started clearing some plots. Uh, and one of the keys to his success was the use of a composted chicken litter. And mm-hmm. so he built, he took the time to build his fertility level up. Uh, he was always no-till uh, out of necessity because he's highly erodible. So tillage wasn't really an option for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we till on our farm, so I have uh, I, I certainly don't discourage anyone from, from tilling uh, to plant their plots in. He just is not able to. And you've got to build that fertility base first, and then those roots will, will uh, seek out the nutrients in the soil Hopefully, and you know, to Wayne's uh, point of view, when when the root hits the rock, it's got to go to the left or right. It can't go down. So, it, it is a challenge in some areas. So, increasing that fertility yeah. is going to make those roots go to what little bit of dirt is there. With with moisture in the soil, yes, they will grow to it. Correct. Okay. Yes, you do have to take into consideration the soil pH along with that because it's you simply uh, if you're not liming when where you need to. You're asking a whole lot of out of a plant that uh, it, it just can't. The, the, the way that low pH ties up nutrients, uh, you are always going to reduce that yield potential until you correct the pH. Yeah, that's actually a good what point because I just took my soil sample to uh, the MDC uh, Conservation uh, mm-hmm. Soil uh, Building over there in Winona. And they uh, got back with my results, and I, I had to put down 1,000 pounds of lime in my food plot this year. Um, because it was just, it needed it so bad. Um, so I, I'm hoping this year my yield will be much better. But yeah, soil testing is, you'll be wasting your time putting stuff in it without a soil test. Am I correct, Brad? Money well spent. It is, it, it is truly, it, it, it will prune the roots and, and keep you from accessing that, the nutrients and also the moisture. Because we, we all know here, you know, six weeks from now, we could be in a, in a drought, a, in a real intense drought in the Ozarks. So, mm-hmm. It's critical to get as much growth as you can while we have these cooler temperatures and, and more uh, access to moisture in the soil. My next question for you, Brad, uh, for our listeners in the Midwest, okay, what is the best fertilizer to use once you get your pH correct? So if we're talking about soybeans, uh, soybeans are a legume crop like clover and alfalfa, and they are they do have the ability to take nitrogen from the air that we breathe atmospheric nitrogen uh, through the roots. It's a it's a, a bacteria that actually does this, and it attaches itself to the root. So if you inoculate inoculate the soybeans with the correct inoculant, you will not have to worry about nitrogen fertilizer. Hmm. Uh, on soybeans, we will we know what they remove in a year. It's about 40 pounds of phosphorus and about 70 pounds of potassium. 
So zero forty seventy would be my generic recommendation if you did not have a soil test to prove otherwise. Wow. This this is great information, Wayne and Redbone, for our listeners, especially here in the Midwest, that are wanting to grow beans. And, uh, you know, there's a, a, other bean companies out there, which is a great product. But uh, the reason I am sold on Eagle Bean is because of what they produce. Uh, if you're a farmer and you want to produce beans to, to harvest, but also for your cattle, you're going to spend money well spent by buying the Eagle Beans over the cheaper beans that's out there. Redbone. Yeah, well, I think that's right. And, and you know, in, in the ag business, and Brad knows this probably more than anybody, is that you kind of get what you pay for. Is that a fair assessment, Brad? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we have, uh, we have trials. We do a lot of research. So, mm-hmm. we, you know, we try to show our clients what the potential is uh, compared to what they can buy locally. You're right. I mean, there's a lot of options. And there's nearly 90 million acres of soybeans in the United States. So, uh, you can get soybeans just about anywhere. It's just, you know, let's figure out what kind of goal you have on your food plot or in your nutritional cattle operation, you know, and then decide what variety fits best for you. Because we have we have varieties for row crop farmers as well. And, Alex, I think one thing that we need to, to make clear to the listeners here, we're kind of midway through this show, is we're, we're saying soybeans. And for the hunters, who are most of the folks that we are talking to right now, uh, Eagle Seed has a particular soybean to put in just for the hunters that want to do food plots, which is different than the soybeans that you might put in to raise a soybean crop. Is that right, Brad? That is correct. So, yep, there's some... Some agronomic differences in the way that they grow, mm-hmm. uh, you know, continue to put on branches, uh, bigger leaves, uh, longer maturity. So, yeah, there's the combination of those is what we strive to develop in a new variety, and, and that would be what the, the hunter would be most in, interested in is feeding his deer as long as possible with the highest nutrition, and, and then, you know, ha- actually have something to hunt over, too, in the, in the wintertime. You know, uh, we have several people in our area that plant your beans, and what they have found out and what I have found out, if I do not fence it off and keep the deer out, I cannot get a, a great mass crop from it because they come in there and they annihilate it on the first growth. So if you don't mind, please share with us, our listeners, before we go to break, how we need to prepare ourselves and to protect our beans. Can we do that? Yeah. Yeah. So it Alex, you know it's it's carrying capacity of your of your farm. If you don't have enough feed, you know, they're gonna go somewhere else. So if we just if we try to put a half acre in on a two hundred acre farm and we've got, you know, you know you got twenty, thirty deer visiting every night, that's simply not a big enough plot. So we would maybe uh, recommend you plant something else. But if you do have two or three acres, uh, we would we would recommend that you plant a higher seeding rate, especially if you have rocky soil like Wayne's talking about. And then we've got some people out here that are very creative. Uh, they'll go out and get some high-perfume soap or dryer sheets or scarecrows, uh, you know, to place out there to keep the deer off for the first couple of weeks. Uh, you also have products such as melorganite or hot pepper sauce that can be sprayed on the field. And then, you know, if you really wanted to go all in, an electric fence would be an option. To keep yeah, the electric fence is what most guys are using that are planting the beans. Uh, 
and what they do is they get the solar type electric fence that you can mine for three hundred dollars, I think. And uh, Wayne asked a question before we got you on the show, and, and Redbone did. How high should we put these these strands? So if you don't care, elaborate on that. Yeah, so it's you're right. It it, it is three hundred, you know, plus dollars. But you have a charger, a uh, and the fence system that you can use for many years if you take care of it. Um, and there's a unique, you know, through trial and error, there have there's a unique pattern uh, that seems to work very well. And it's actually two uh, two layers of fencing. The outer layer is a single. Uh, strand of turbo wire or wire about 18 inches off the ground. The inner fence, which is about 30 inches inwards, is two strands, and the lower strand's about 12 inches off the ground, and the top strand's about 24 inches. So this is a very short fence, really? but apparently the, the deer has a uh, has trouble with, with depth, depth perception, so when it approaches the fence, it can't tell how far apart... Uh, those white, uh, you want a high visibility wire for that very reason, but they cannot figure how how far apart it is. Where, as you well know, they can flat foot jump over a four foot angle strand, no problem. But hmm. it, it, this is it's a tricky type of, of design that that seems to work. Now, are all three strands electrified, or just that outer strand? All of them are. All right. of them are. Okay. Yes. And, wow. and and what I've been told, Wayne, in our uh, rocky rocky soils. Uh, in in the in the Ozarks that that tend to get dry, you need you may need two ground rods. So uh, two six foot ground rods are not out of the question for for that to work properly. And does Eagle Seed sell these uh, charging systems, these fence systems, or what can we give them? No, yeah, we do not. I, I mean, you've got some uh, some great stores in in the Midwest that cater to. To cattle farmers, and that's probably your best uh, option to go. Go talk to them, and if they've got parts and uh, you know service, that would be where I would where I would go. You could build your own, and I don't think it I don't think it would matter what brand, uh, as long as it was a dependable brand you brand you trusted. And we did go to break. We're uh, we're talking to Brad Doyle from Eagle Seed. We'll be back with more in just a moment. You're listening to American Roots Outdoors Radio. I'm Preston Pittman, and you're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and his friends. Pair of hunting boots passed on down, planted deep in the ground around your heart, so you never gotta worry what the wind might do. American Roots. Twenty presents. American Roots Outdoors, and what a great show we're having Redbone and Wayne with our special guest, Brad Doyle of Eagle Seed. We're getting a lot of great information for our listeners here, especially for the farmers and the, the deer hunters that are wanting to grow bigger racks and have a healthier deer. And Our whole show is about bringing information to make people's success increase. So what a great show we're having. Yeah, and you know, and one of the things, Alex, and we've had Brad on several times over the you know the last four or five years, and and I always learn something, and uh, and and this time it's about the fencing system that people might want to put around those bean fields to keep the deer out. That's very interesting, and and as we continue on that subject, Brad, uh, was that a trial and error that people have done to to develop that fencing system, or uh, was that a scientific project? Great question. I think it was a little bit of both. Uh, 
I think you had gardeners, the large commercial operations that, that tried nearly everything and, and that just, uh, that incorporated with, with deer managers. And, you know, hmm. I think they uh, somehow came up with that idea many years ago. And, you know, like I said, it, it works. It's, it's hard to believe that it works, but it does. I wish I would have had you on last week, uh, Alex, because I was on Facebook um, Marketplace just the other day, and they had uh, a guy was selling 750 feet of wire, the charger, and a solar panel for 150 bucks. <laughs> and I'm I, and I'm, I'm looking at that like ah, I don't need that. Boy, I wish I would have got that now. <laughs> I only got a one acre yeah, plot. I only got a one acre plot on my property, so I need to electrify it um, to you know hold a deer off until fall time. Yeah, I wish you would have bought that, Wayne. <laughs> yeah, I know. I bet you do wish I would have bought it. I got an electric one, but, friendly it's like, neighbor, but you have to plug it in. Friendly neighborhood, you know, guy would have bought that for his neighbor, right? <laughs> yeah, a friendly yeah. neighbor would have bought that to live across the road, not street. <laughs> <laughs> well, but if anyway, Alex wasn't in California, he might have bought it for me. That's all I speak. You yeah, know. well, I'm in California making money so I can buy stuff like that. There you go. There you, and speaking of Brad, since he's in California, we, me, you, and Mike do need to talk about getting him into a re-education camp when he comes back to uh, the Ozarks here because he's he's over in that uh, liberal state of California, and I'm afraid some there of his ways go. may change. <laughs> hey, we've talked about these things. Let's talk about other seeds and products you have to help uh, wildlife on your farm. And Wayne touched on this during our break. These sunflower seeds produce a lot of protein for deer, and the seeds produce great uh, seed for quail uh, and other animals. Let's talk about your sunflower seeds. Oh, people love love sunflowers. You know, they're they're used as an ornamental, uh, you know, for a front porch in town. Uh, people like to take them to the county fair and show off how big the heads are. But you're right; it is a great wildlife plant. Uh, and we, we've got the regular black oil type of sunflower, then you have hybrid sunflowers, and then there's even other additional op- options for herbicide use. But a standard sunflower uh, is primarily planted for dove. I would say that's the number one use for them. Mm-hmm. But to you have quail and turkey who absolutely can go after those seeds, especially if you lay any of those heads over on the ground. Uh, and and also deer, deer, deer will munch on the the leaf during the season. So it's a great planting. Uh, it does take a little more care. Uh, it does like nitrogen. We want to keep the grasses out of it. But it is a great, great planting uh, in combination with your soybeans or other food plots. Uh, and if you want to see bees on your property, is a wonderful pollinating plant. Yeah, and uh, and they and I put some sunflower seeds out this year around my chicken pen, and uh, and really just for ornamental. Uh, and then when I, when I get those seeds, of course I'm going to roast some of them and eat them myself. Uh, but the chickens will love them too. I can just throw those heads in the chicken pen, and they'll just absolutely go crazy for those. Yeah, actually, I was just going to say that because my wife just planted the the. I got a bag of seeds from uh, from Eagle Seed uh, of their sunflowers. And my wife planted them around her garden, all the way around the whole perimeter, and that's her goal. She This fall, she wants to cut the heads off, let them dry, and then just toss the whole head into the chicken pen. Yeah, they'll love it. That's a great tip for our listeners, you know, for extra food for your, your chickens or your turkeys in the pen. Uh, you know, Wayne, you planted some sunflower seeds last year, and they've they done pretty well. 
Oh, yeah, uh, they look gorgeous. Along your property. Yep. And I left the stocks up. I, I had a whole area, and they were beautiful. And you, uh, Brad touched base. It did bring in some bees in that. That's one of the reasons my wife moved it where we planted it last year to the garden to bring the bees in to pollinate her uh, her vegetables and that. But the um, the other thing is I left the stocks up uh, all winter, you know, all fall, all winter, because it gave a great place for um, a barrier for the deer. So when, instead of coming out into an open field, they had that little barrier of that tall sunflowers that they were able to hide behind and just kind of, you know, mingle around and watch. And you'd be surprised the amount of rubs that I found on trees on the other side of those uh, tall sunflower seeds or sunflower plants. It's a great, great plant for adding diversity on your farm. And, uh, you know, it's very, it's pretty drought tolerant. And then, you know, just your songbirds, they will they will perch on top and eat that head out, too. So mm-hmm. And keep in mind, great, folks. Great uh, additional plant. Yeah, and keep in mind, folks, they got to have a lot of water when you first put them in. And that's why it's that's been true. so, that's why mine are growing so well right now, because we're getting, you know, an inch of rain just about every day. <laughs> and probably an inch and a half in 30 minutes yesterday. <laughs> All right, so, uh, Brad, if people want more information about Eagle Seed, uh, where can they where can they find you all? Where can they go to get more information? Or maybe to, to order soybeans or sunflowers or any of the other products? Yeah, well, thank you, Mike. We, are, uh, we have a website, uh, eagleseed.com, and we can uh, be reached by the phone, 870-684-7377. But, you know, we, we, we love answering questions. We love helping people. Uh, we want them to be successful. This is an investment in your property when you start talking about seed purchases, fertilizer inputs, and, and herbicides. And we want you to, to uh, have the best advice av- available. Uh, and we appreciate American Roots for spreading this word and, and being a part of it. Now, Brad, do you all have people? Do you guys have it, people in the field that will actually come to a farm and, and, and help people uh, advise on where to plant and, and things they need to do to get their, their ground ready? Uh, you know what? As far as making house calls, I do it locally. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we have on uh, our seed production, I do that. If, if you're 100 miles away, I usually just, you know, ask for photos and a history of what's been done to the farm and what equipment gotcha. do you have and and so we try to build a plan based on what you have because not everybody has, uh, you know, that big grain drill and, and uh, plenty of help. And, and so every situation is different, and we, we do most of that on a, as a phone consultation. I have a question for you. You know, we're, we're about two and a half hours from each other. Uh, there's some large farms in southern Missouri that plant for wildlife. Uh, who do they need to contact if they want somebody to come in and, and consult for them to help, help them lay out a program uh, with Eagle Seeds? Oh, I mean, honestly, just start start with a phone call to us, and we have a network of uh, of land managers that we, you know, that call on us and use our, our services, our seed products. So I, I think it's just a, a matter of who knows who. Uh, and we, we know some good ones out there. And, I mean, Alex, you've got some in your part of the world as well. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's it's a network. We, we build these relationships over time, and we put faith and trust in each other to uh, to give that good advice. So, yeah, just, uh, you know, a simple phone call and a little bit about what you're wanting to do, and, and hopefully we can head you in the right direction. You know, I do some of it myself in the area with some of the, the landowners and help them, but I just wanted to bring that uh 
to the forefront here for the listeners because I may be somebody in southeast Missouri or over in western Missouri or up Rolla or wherever that would want to contact somebody. But uh, I promise you, listeners, if you want more wildlife and healthier wildlife on your properties, you want to plant eagle seed. And that being said, that's why we use eagle seed. That's why we plant it. And I want to say this. You know, I planted all my food plots last year in Eagle Seed Smorgasbord, and my clover is so thick right now from last year's planting, uh, I didn't have to go back and replant. So that's a positive of using the smorgasbord. We've talked about the smorgasbord several times throughout the shows and our social media, etc. But that, that being said, thank you for being on the show with your wonderful knowledge that you share to all of us. It's time for the question of the week from Wayne Locke. All right, our question of the week from our listener is from Justin Hampton, and his question is, I'm a native to the Missouri Ozarks and was wanting to know where is the hardest place in Missouri Ozarks to kill a turkey? And to hear that answer from all of us, including you, Brad, you're going to have to tune into our podcast on our bonus segment. And again, you can listen to our podcast on any of the podcast carriers. We're on about 11 or 12 of them now. So just take a listen to us, subscribe, and be sure to leave a review. Folks, that's going to wrap it up for this week's edition of the American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends. I'm the Red Bull Mike Grace. Remember, when your roots run deep and strong, there is no reason to fear the wind. So you never got to worry what the wind might do. American Roots. Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Hornady presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. And you are listening to the bonus segment, which means you are on our podcast. And if you have not subscribed, please subscribe. This way you'll get our updates of our new releases every week automatically and again please leave us a review reviews greatly help us in our rankings when we left off on our last segment we had a question from justin hampton for all of us and that was i'm a native to the missouri ozarks and was wanting to know where the hardest place in the missouri ozarks is to kill a turkey alex why don't you start us off well i've got several answers for that one of them is where there is no turkeys <laughs> Number two is P.O. Stead's land because you can't get over and hunt and have legal access. So, but really, to, to be truthful, the hardest turkeys I have ever hunted in Missouri is southern Missouri in Mark Twain National Forest where hundreds of hunters have pressured them, shot and banged at them. Uh, I have noticed a trend in the past few years that turkeys gobble less than they've been gobbling in the, the previous years. Uh, what's your answer, uh, Redbone? My answer, the hardest place to kill turkeys in the in the uh, uh, state of Missouri is at the grocery store because they're all already dead. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Brad, you got an answer? <laughs> I would say regardless of where you're at, it's that last 30 minutes, you know, after lunch. Uh, you know, it's the hardest struggle, right? Before you, you, you shut off at 1 o'clock. And when you're trying to go to sleep. On. And Wayne, well, what about you? Well, for me, I would have to say it's two answers on that. One is a private land. Because if you're hunting public land, you know where those turkeys are going to be, right across that 
property line on the private land. So that, <laughs> yeah. that's always going to be the hardest thing. But the other thing Alex had brought up is in the, like Mark Twain National Forest here, I mean, they're, these are real educated turkeys. Mm-hmm. And an educated timber turkey, I don't care what state you're in, has got to be one of the hardest turkeys you can hunt. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, and all joking aside, I would agree. These, these Ozarks birds, hardest birds in the world to kill. Yep. But don't give up I'm on them. Just keep Northern, Northern Arkansas, I would add to that as well. I've hunted a lot of states, but so I would say Northern Arkansas, Southern Missouri is the toughest I've ever sat down on. Maybe because I've hunted them more than the other state. Sure. Most of the other states I've hunted, you know, I've been on great properties. So it's actually the dirt that you hunt, you right. know, and what's happened to them previous to your hunt. So. I think that's a great answer. All right, so Brad Doyle's with us from Eagle Seed. If you listen to the uh, the radio show or the other portions of the podcast, we've we've talked about you know what products that they offer, especially to the outdoorsman. And, and Brad, you know we we've got you know now the planting season for the soybeans, but we've still got some time if we want to do food plotting for the early fall, the early deer season. What are some of the products that you offer for the deer hunters out there that want to wait and plant in? you know, August or September? Yeah, so as, as Alex mentioned earlier, we have a product called Smorgasbord that Alex helped us uh, build the recipe on, and it's, it, was try, it was a catch-all uh, from, from the late August fall planting through the dead of winter, the coldest part of winter, and back around to, to now, uh, and even into June and, and possibly July with the clover. Because not everybody can grow soybeans uh, successfully on their farm. And for Alex, this was the best option, and he continues to enjoy uh, watching the deer and clover access his turkey right now, or, or his clover plot that's in there. Uh, we've got other products as well uh, that uh, are suitable to any growing condition, just uh, need to develop a plan and figure out what, what would work best for your farm. And, uh, again... Everybody, if you're interested in purchasing and learning more about Eagle Seed, go to their website, www.eagleseed.com, and you can also call them if you want. And the number again is 870-684-7377. There you have it, folks. Eagle Seed, thank you for being a wonderful guest on our show, Brad. And tell everybody we say hello down there in Arkansas, and we greatly appreciate our friendship with you and working with you guys you guys are the greatest company out there. Thank you. And customer yeah. service, second to none, I tell you what. Absolutely. And I also want to encourage Brad, I know you travel through the heart of uh, uh, north central Arkansas and south central Missouri every once in a while. Make sure you tune in to the Redbone Show on K-Country 95. I love it. There you have it, everybody. We thank you for listening. Take your kids, take your friends, spend uh, your weekend in the outdoors, fishing, hunting, food plotting, whatever it may be. Remember, our slogan here at American Roots is when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind.